Okay, everyone, welcome to We Lost Some Ships, and this is episode 23. Definitely. Yep. We verified that. Yeah, we did. and Because um, we, we do our research on this show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we definitely didn't just start recording uh, a second ago without realizing what episode we, we were on. We would never dream of doing that. have to start over. Yeah. Um, anyways, and, um, and I'm Paul. I'm still Bryce. And I know we said we were going to have some uh, female guests on this time. And, you know, we're just trying to help you guys learn patience out there because <laughs> we, we do have some scheduled. Yeah. It, but. So we haven't, we're, we're sorry it's taken us so long to get back uh, to you. But, uh, yeah. Paul's been busy. I've been busy. I've been sick. Uh, and, and scheduling is just hard. Um, yeah. So we're those doing, are our excuses. We're doing like double and triple duty. And I mean, you know, I had a, I had an audio book that got checked out that I had to start listening to about astrophysics. I mean, these things are important. So, you know how it is. I mean, you I finally... have told them that. Uh, it's too late. I finally learned that the as the universe expands, I don't expand with it. Uh, okay. Which is important. They definitely don't need to know that. It's just important to know. But it's true that as space expands, the space between my molecules... Nope, we've already lost expand. all viewer interest. Okay. So, anyways. Okay, let's let's pull it back. Yeah, yeah. anyway. Um, yeah, although, to be fair to you, that's not taking up more of your time. You were just making that as a humorous aside. Uh, oh, it's yeah. not like it's cutting into your podcasting time, is it? Well, I just mean like, I got, well, you know, like when you, when you check out one of these books through like the library apps, uh-huh. you only have like three weeks to listen to it. So, it's uh, like, you got to find ways to sneak okay, it in. Okay, but... If it was like Audible, which, you know, I, um, you I'm can just, just do it whenever... Okay, never mind. <laughs> okay. We don't need to talk about how you use your time. Um, yeah, so anyway, we're back. Yeah, we are. Uh, what, what do we have news-wise? Oh, news? Um, I don't know. Other than the astrophysics stuff? Uh, no, in the world of human relationships. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, One of my friends is getting married today. Oh, really? Yeah, hmm. going to their wedding. It'll be great. I've witnessed some they're conflict. Both, they're both like, wonderful people. Oh, really? Okay. What? I've witnessed some conflict lately. But yeah, well, yes, in our home we have specifics. witnessed some conflict, and we'll, we won't talk directly about that. But we are today, we are sure. talking about the two human languages of logic yeah. and emotion and how they factor into, um, especially, well, to communication, but especially into conflict. Yeah. Um, what other relationship news have we had that we can talk relationship about? Relationship news. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> That's a good There's question. There's not much I can I've, talk about, actually. I certainly tried to. <laughs> to protect the innocent. You know, honestly, I haven't been socialized as much as I've wanted to. No, I've been oh, so- no. You're saying too much again, Paul. Well, it's, I've, been okay, work- sorry, I've been working. Sorry, go on, go on. I've been working a lot, but I'm, but I'm pointing out that um, that's maybe a reason that I don't have a lot of, uh, of, um, of news in this area is because uh, I've been kind of cooped up. It's sad, but Cranking true. out a lot of work, it's sad, but unfortunately, true. but... Yeah, things are in the right direction, though. So you know. Yeah, I I convinced Paul of the power of networking the other night, or reminded him. Yeah, it was it was a good reminder. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Well, I guess we don't have much in the way of news. Um, nope. We don't. Okay, so so let's let's get into this. So this is um, this topic I've thought a lot about, and honestly, there's a lot of great topics we have on the horizon but we're just waiting for people's schedules to line up so we can have people on um 
we're going to talk about, as a little teaser, we're going to talk about uh, initiating in dating. Uh, we're going to talk about... How to get your crap together. Hey, yeah, getting your crap together so you can actually have good relationships. Right. We uh, might talk soon about how to not date a... Um, I don't know. Oh, psychopath? Psychopath. <laughs> That's yeah. right. I just had to think about that word for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, so lots of good stuff. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, but today, so we're going to talk about these two um, two human languages. And you might think that the universal language of humankind is love or math or music or English or Spanish. Or physics. Def- no one thinks that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I guess if you're in the sciences, then you'd say, yeah, or statistics, right? Yeah, um, but no, first and foremost, even on a more fundamental level, the two languages... Uh, by which we communicate our uh, logic and emotion. Yeah. And this is uh, important for people to understand if they want to navigate relationships effectively, especially during conflict. Did you yeah. have a thought? Well, just as I was reading through the materials, I was it was in, you know, a little bit of an eye-opener for me because I liked When he the- says materials, we're, we're drawing a lot from um, a book by Stephen Covey called The Spiritual Roots of Human Relations, which we've, I think I've referred to it a few times before. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Second edition. Anyways, um, now that's from like, dang, that's from like 1993, but still good stuff, good principles in there. Um yeah, um, I was a little bit introspective as I was reading through some of the materials and think because I have this tendency to think that one of the things that um, that sometimes bothers me in relationships is that I, I tend to think that like women are more emotional than I am and less logical sometimes, and that sometimes that leads to conflict and or I mean. I don't always think it's a bad thing. I, mean, mm. I sometimes think the combo is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting as I was reading through the materials, I was thinking to myself, well, wait a minute. Like, uh, I'm not always rational either. In fact, a lot of times I'm um, I'm responding based on emotions. And I just don't always think about that, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I would tend to think, and we've talked before about how, like on the Myers-Briggs, for instance, women probably tend towards the F on that second the, letter. The, yes, feeling and thinking is the most strongly correlated uh, with, with gender of all those letters. Yeah. So so that women, um, I think it was like two-thirds pre- prefer feeling, and and it's about, it's probably like flipped for men on, on the thinking side. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, we've talked about some of the biological underpinnings of that, right? Like... Um, you know, just that, like in the female brain, uh, Luanne Brizendine, she talks about, you know, just how the, the female, um, female brain is, is much more, um, influenced by hormones. There's, there's a lot more going on than there is for men in that regard. And, and so you could, you could say that women on average are more quote unquote emotional. That doesn't necessarily yeah. mean they're, you know, erratic or, or whatever. It just means that there's there's a wider range of emotions that they're prone to experiencing, yeah. you know, compared, compared to men. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, <laughs> which like, in some ways may, means they're more in, in tune with reality, I would even say, but sorry, go ahead. Sure. Um, yeah, to some extent, like, uh, yeah, even though I'm a feeler on the Myers-Briggs, mm-hmm. I still feel like my emotional, my emotional swings are a little bit more mild right? in general. Right. And, and I'm, a, I'm a little bit more of a constant, right. a constant level, yeah. you know? Um, then the, anyways, then the women that I've dated anyways, right. you know, 
Yeah. Um, I'd probably say than the women that I've interacted with in general yeah. on average, you know, but, you know, yeah. So anyways, that was kind of interesting stuff. Kind of thinking about that, yeah. being a little bit introspective there. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I do think it's true, like, <laughs> be, because of that, you know, decently consistent gender difference where, you know, yeah. that, that you're right, that we overassume, we assume too much about men's stoicism. But we even talked about yeah. this, like, with in Emotional Intelligence, you know, the book by Daniel Goleman. Um, I think we talked about this. Um, you may have referenced it. I've okay. never read that. Okay. But. Yeah, I think I've referenced it. But but, um, yeah, that men might seem stoic, but but uh, there, there's more going on. They're they're just because the threshold uh, level of of tolerance for emotional distress is lower than it is for women. Yeah. That you know instinctively we we tend to close that off more. Um, yeah. yeah, we kind of forget about it. Like, um, I tend to think that I'm all logic compared to women. Sure. But, like, um, uh, I can even think about my interactions with just you guys, you know, my friends, my roommates, uh, other, you know, coworkers and stuff. It's easy for me to think about times when I was totally resp- responding, based, reacting based off of emotion and not based off yeah. of logic. Well, you know? and it, it's usually, I'm guessing, that's usually in some sort of conflict situation, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always, I would say, almost always. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, so um, one of one of Covey's big uh, big points he makes here, well, at least this is my summary, um, is that first and foremost, humans are emotional first and rational second, and I think this is true even of, you know, to to a certain extent for even the most truly stoic of individuals, you know, who. <laughs> Who feels no emotion ever? I mean, one that's that's not that's not realistic. But two, you know, everyone, um, you know, just looking at the structure of the brain, like, you know, the the survival mechanisms they're tied to our emotions and uh, emotional intelligence. The book talks a lot about this too, just how the primitive brain is. It's uh, very much um, based around um, the emotional centers that are, that are primed to respond to threats. Um, you know, so so as to keep us safe. Um, you know, in the in the modern world, and this is a, a point Goldman actually makes in the book, is that you know these these primitive the limbic system of the brain, this primitive center of the emotional um, system of the brain, um, it's much better suited for you know surviving in the wild against predators than it is in in the modern world. Um, that that we can often overreact to stimuli that surprise us and that make us assume we're in danger. Is that um, like the reptile brain? Is it, you heard yeah, that that's term? the same yeah, thing. Yeah, it's the reptile brain. Yeah. It's like the other brains are kind of built on top of it. That's a right. Bit. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, so humans are emotional first and rational second. I, I, I think for people who seem, you know, very stoic, that probably means that at least one of the things going on is they probably found a way to like have a very peaceful life that where they've been able to insulate themselves against some of these distresses. Um, but, but nevertheless, I, the fact remains that, you know, pretty much all humans, like, uh, until they're, uh, until they feel safe, um, well, their, their safety and their protection from threat, um, you know, which is tied very closely to emotions, yeah. um, that's kind of the pre- the foundation for, you know, other higher levels of thought and behavior. Yeah, you can't, like, force logic into someone if they're not emotionally feeling okay. Kind of that, thing, you know? that's, that's exactly i mean there's a good quote from this that i uh, when i was reading through is this. it the one that i that i quoted here 
for uh, 1A? Oh, oh, maybe. Um, no, 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 it's not. Okay. Um, it was, um, let's see. Well, I'll find Is it. Is it when I quote it later? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right, well, I'll, I'll just say what, what he says. He says, this is Covey, Stephen Covey, he says there's two languages, the language of logic, which is the should of this earth, and the language of sentiment, which is how people really feel. And he says people behave more on the basis of how they feel yeah. than how they think. Yeah, actually, it is the second way you quoted. Okay, good job. Thank you. Well, great mind single. <laughs> of course, I read through this before we started. Obviously, <laughs> we were on a tight ship around yeah, here. Yeah, we are. Um, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, sure. Anyways, yeah. Um, you yeah. know, people behave more on the basis of how they feel than how they think. I think that's true. Even yeah. In a certain way, even for people who are relatively more logical than most, like, well, you know, what what drives their logical approach? Uh, I would surmise, you know, a great deal of it has to do with protecting themselves from harm and emotional distress. Yeah, um, I think we talked about this in an earlier episode, too. But I remember one of the studies from this other podcast that you had told me about, um, not really a podcast, but these online, these online uh, audio files about psychology studies Mm -hmm. about how women are better suited towards um dealing with strong emotions in relationships in general like a conflict situation that involves high emotion yeah and a women it's like not as big of a deal that's right for a guy it is a a big deal and it's more difficult for them they feel it as more Maybe the reptile brain kicks in and they're like, danger. Yeah. You know, and they feel like, oh, uh, this is something that needs to be fixed. Yeah. It needs to be, you know, not always doesn't right. always. Well, and, and also like, uh, and we talked about this before too, but, you know, we're wired more for aggression. Yeah. Um, and, and and we're wired less for for verbal expression, you know, for verbal interaction. So, <laughs> so you know, we're much more likely to either just <laughs> go from zero to a fist fight, you know, or to, yeah, to sure. avoid to avoid it completely, you know. And sure. for, for the more peace-loving people, the people have found like, yeah, you know what? I don't want to get in a fist fight. It's no good for anyone. So yeah. we'll naturally, you know, tend towards just not talking about it. And that's not really a solution either. So, yeah, you're, you're right. Like women, on the other hand, like, you know, they... And no doubt, you know, some of this is upbringing too, but no doubt a lot of it is biology as well. Just, you know, their brains are better suited, um, better equipped for, um, you know, verbal expression, um, for nonverbal communication, you know, being able to read between the lines to get a sense for, um, you know, the social and emotional context of the situation. Yeah. Anyway, interesting stuff. Yeah, but you know, if like a tiger jumps out of you in the forest uh, way back in the day, jumps like, out of you, like bursts from your chest, uh, jumps out <laughs> at you, meaning towards you, <laughs> not out of you, yeah, yeah, yeah. at you. And um, there's no time for words. You just gotta whack that thing with a club real fast. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, react. Yep. Very quickly, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, and like you were saying, like th- this is so true. Like when people. Um, you know, you can't really like reason with someone when, when they're feeling strong emotions or emotions that are not being like heard and validated. Um, and, yep. and, and Covey talks about this. Um, so, uh, so point number two I'd make is that most conflict arises between people. And granted, you know, the relevance of the languages of logic and feeling, that's not just about conflict. It's just about like how we 
can effectively communicate with each other, even in non-conflict situations. But it, but it seems most pertinent in conflict situations. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so uh, I would say most conflict arises first as an emotional reaction uh, based around people's disparate needs, or maybe even around wants that they genuinely feel like needs. What, what I mean by that is, um, um, going going back to the emotional brain to the limbic circuit. You know that first and foremost, we're concerned about our survival and our protection from threat. Um, and so, when we feel we are threatened, uh, you know, our emotional brain kicks into action. Um, you know, we feel spurred to to do something about it. Um, but and and that and from there can arise feelings of anger, right? Or um, yeah, or hostility, or even you know, outright violence. But yeah. As they say in the psychology world, there are primary emotions and there are secondary emotions. Um, and the primary emotions are more survival-based. Things like anger and hate, those are, those are secondary. They, they pretty much always are arising from something else deeper. And it's usually that, they, that a person feels threatened. Yeah. They feel that uh, their social sta- state, the social status is, is being undermined. Um, you know, maybe their own insecurities are being brought to the forefront and that makes them want to hit back so that they can regain their power and and regain their safety. Um, only self-aware people understand this is what's going on (laughs) when they get angry for a lot of people who get angry, they don't go that deep in their understanding and and therefore they feel completely justified in their anger. Yeah. It's funny to me how in, um, like with, with children, um, you know, when they, uh, when their emotion like kicks in, like, um, they don't try to hide it at all. They just yeah. like, it's just like, if you try to tell them something they're mad at you, they're like, <clears throat> fine or something, you know, uh-huh. it's like very clear or usually they'll just say it like, I'm mad at you uh-huh. kind of thing, you know? And as adults, we, as teenagers and as adults, we learn to like cover that up and not talk openly about sure. emotions sometimes and hide them. And because it's vulnerable well I, you know there's good reasons for it too but yeah but well like yeah sometimes tact is more important than yeah, complete that's, that's uh, honesty yeah. and openness sure you can't just be telling your boss like i'm mad at you right now. yeah um or your teacher or whatever yeah which is true but but it isn't but like um in our interpersonal relationships you yeah. know and I feel like oftentimes, at least as I talk with my brothers sometimes and friends, guy friends, you know, they'll sometimes talk about like their wives being mad at them and it's, and you know, guys don't always pick up on it as quickly or they don't under, they don't know the underlying reason because the woman is mad and they might, the guy might be wanting to talk about something mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and she's mad about something and it takes a while to, for them to figure out and then to kind of dig a little bit and be like, okay, what is it that you're mad about? You mm-hmm. know, because for, it's sometimes hard for us to be direct as adults, even, even in those safe situations where like you would think like, well, with the spouse, I should be able to just safely say, I'm mad because of this. I'm feeling mad because of this or whatever. Or I'm feeling this because of this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we sometimes have a hard time doing that though, even in our closest relationships. And yeah. so we sometimes kind of hem and haw and beat around the bush a little bit and yeah. kind of, you know, or we try to not be feel that sure, uh, or, yeah, or not address it directly yeah. until it kind yeah. of comes I mean, out. Yeah, I, I I agree with what you're saying earlier that like, you know, some of that is is definitely driven by the fear of making ourselves vulnerable. Yeah, but I would also say the fear of being vulnerable 
is usually not unfounded. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're if you open yourself up to someone who doesn't know what to do with it, or even worse, is dismissive or hostile. Um, it's painful. Yeah, and you're yeah, not going to want to do it yeah. again. So, yeah. so it's a two way street, right? Like, yeah. yeah, we can be more open and expressive with with people who are close to us, but those other people also need to. The receiver needs to prepare themselves to be, um, you know, welcoming and, and kind about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I would posit that, you know, mo- most conflict we see between individuals. I mean, we're talking about individuals. I think yeah. we're talking about conflict between nations or groups or whatever. That's more complicated. Uh, I mean, I think th- these are still elements of that, but it's also, I think, more complicated. So anyway, when we're talking about conflict between individuals, I think it's usually, um, you know, the the people feel that their needs, are, or at least their needs appear to be at odds. Um, yes, we've experienced some of that in, in our home where we live. Um, we're not going to get into it in detail, but um, so anyway, so... Yeah. Yeah, we're we gonna say. I was just gonna say. Um, also, I apologize if I'm yeah. a little congested. Like I said, I've been yeah. sick for what feels like months. Anyway, yeah, go man. on. And are you tired? Remember, you used to get always give an excuse that you were tired. Yeah. Anyways, I'm not tired um, this time. Okay, just congested. Um, yeah. There's also it's also true. Well, but yes, talk- I do remember my <laughs> my recurring uh, excuse of the of the week. Yeah. yeah. Like, anyway, exactly. Go on. Um, it's just because I want yeah. this to be great, and I well, feel okay. bad if it's not. If this episode isn't great, it's because of X, Y, and Z. That's right. Um, but when you talk about like disparate needs, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes I also think uh, a lot of times what happens is that. We sometimes have conflict with people because we all think we have the most rational thoughts about everything. And uh, you know, I wouldn't say sometimes. Yeah, always. Yeah, I would say always, yeah. 90% of the time. No, that's true. There was this a study done. I don't remember what it, 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 it takes. It takes mental discipline, mental effort at empathy and, and some, you know, bringing ourselves down to reality a little bit, I think, to counteract that. I, so I think yeah. that is our natural state, right? Because we don't it know is. any other opinion, any point of view besides our, our own. Yeah. Well, sure. But and we know our I mean, own well, view, point of view the most intimately. Sorry, I'll sure. stop interrupting No, it you. makes sense. Yeah. I mean, and when you think about this, you think to yourself, well, why would you need to do like an intense psychological study to figure this out? But but they did do these studies. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, everybody thinks their their ideas are the most rational and that everyone's, other people's are not as yeah. rational. Yeah. But it does make sense that if I thought any part of my uh, reasoning was not rational, I would then uh, change my reasoning you know i would i would take on the rational thought or whatever yeah um but yeah exactly it's hard to sometimes be empathetic and and get where the other person is coming from really understand them you know i mean a lot of what what uh stephen r covey was talking about seemed to be like talking about how talking about the effectiveness of just just listening to people you know and a lot of times things will work out if you listen to people because when you listen you're addressing the emotional part yeah. more well, and, than the logic part. A, yeah. As opposed to immediately responding to whatever their complaint is yeah. with with a logical explanation like, well, you know, the rule is this. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Which I think, I think on average women are better at listening, you know, and men have a harder time with it. Or we have a harder time with um, listening without pulling out our toolbox immediately and being like, yeah, I'll tell you how to fix that. Yeah, I think that's true. I I would also say introverts are better at listening than extroverts on average. 
it's why I think they're also better at deceptive board games. Uh, because <laughs> uh, I don't, I'm not sure if I agree with that, but go on. <laughs> introverts. It's been my experience. Oh, oh, intro. Uh, okay, sorry. I thought you meant women. Sorry. Go no, on. <laughs> introverts in general, because it's harder. It's also harder to read when they're lying. That that is true. Um, because, anyways, um, you just don't have as many data points. But, hmm. um, yeah, this was also reminded me a little bit of, um, you know, there's a quote from uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, hmm. where he talks about how everybody thinks, like, other, it's everyone else that has wronged them. And, you know, sure, he talks about, you go talk to, like, the most hardened criminal in prison who's committed horrendous crimes. Yeah. And you ask him and he'll be like, yeah, society wronged me. You're right. You know? right. And they don't think they're wrong. Nobody yeah. thinks they're wrong. Yeah. And you don't get anywhere. Yeah. It's, it's. I mean, to fair, uh, to be fair, there are no doubt some ways in which that's accurate. But, yeah, you know, but true, in, true. in their mind, like, they it wasn't even wrong. them that committed yeah. the crime, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, got to take some of this stuff into consideration. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyways, um, so I liked some of the examples that Stephen R. Covey gave too, but I do think that it's something that I, I know looking at myself that I struggle with like just listening in uh, conversations where mm. there's a little bit of conflict, you know. Yeah. I do better when, when I listen and when I ask questions. Uh, I notice this, I can get to a place of a lot less conflict if I'm in a place yeah. of conflict. Well, I don't I, like conflict. I, I, well, and... I mean, I'm very conflict averse. I'm more conflict averse right, right. than most than right. probably your average person. Well, right. I don't know if you're average person, but um, I tend on the side of of, of being conflict averse, which yeah. is kind of weird that I'm an attorney, but I'm the kind of attorney that I don't have to deal with yeah. conflict directly yeah. very often. I, I would actually guess most people are very conflict averse. Yeah, maybe not seventy percent, but maybe sixty yeah. percent. Well, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, you know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, There's a lot of people out there who who are not afraid to <laughs> to fight. So I don't know. I, yeah, anyway. I don't know. I pick and choose my battles. I mean, yeah. you know, sometimes when somebody says something that is that I feel like is blatantly wrong, I, I sometimes feel like it's incumbent upon me to say something. But yeah. but not always. You know, sometimes I'll if it's someone I don't know that well, I'll just uh, I'll just say, oh, that's interesting, and in my mind I'll make a mental note wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to say anything out loud. And hope, exactly. Hope you don't say it out loud. Because I'm like, well, I'm not. I don't have the, uh, you know, I don't have the. Uh, I don't know you well enough to feel like I can yeah. correct you here. Yeah. But, you, uh, you know, I would also add that, like, as always, like social media is like the perfect <laughs> testing ground and like observation place to to observe all of this you know and i see this happen anytime i post something you know kind of in your face or a little bit controversial on facebook such as my opinions on on a recent uh marvel film um the the people will go every which way about it and it'll be frustrating to me because i feel like hey you totally don't understand the point i was making and i probably wasn't making it very clearly um but then it becomes like we're each pitting our own wills against each other. And we're not listening to each other. We're more forcefully expressing what we were saying. And, you know, psychologically, the reason for that is that we feel our identity is on the line. We feel that yeah. that uh, our own, uh, you know, mo- emotional value and, you know, authentic experience is being, um, you know, 
counteracted or or dismissed. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, instinctively we just fight back, which is and unfortunately on Facebook, it's not good for sitting down and saying, okay, please, I'd like to understand your point of view. It's just not well suited for that. People don't have the patience for it. Uh, they may not have the opportunity. They may be more like, hey, I hop on Facebook for a few minutes at a time while I'm waiting for something. You know, it's not good for having a prolonged conversation. Yeah. Um, other people will butt in, you know, and make their comments that detract things. It's So it's yeah, just, it's just not true. well suited for that. It's not the right. And, and, you know, I would even say this is a a... A downside of, of social media is that it tends to promote th- these kinds of conflicts yeah. instead of promoting people actually, you know, relating in more healthy ways. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. There's this uh, account that Stephen R. Covey gives that I really like where he talks about how this teacher, the student was like uh, upset about something and complained to the teacher about it. He'd gotten a bad grade on some exam, but he was also upset about some other things that were not totally related Hmm. And just started complaining about it all. Hmm. And the teacher's first inclination was to like correct him and be like, well, this is why things are this way. Sure. You should do sure. this and you should be okay with right. this. Or, or even if maybe the student got some of his facts wrong, right? That maybe yeah. the stu- teacher's exactly. like, well, let me correct some of your facts there. Yeah. And instead, the teacher like pushed back against that and, and decided, I'm just going to listen for a while. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, I'd like to keep listening to you. Which way is your class? And, you know, and he walked with him and they talked about it over the next little while. And he said... Over the next several weeks, the teacher and a student had several more talks with the teacher mostly listening and the student doing the talking. And ironically, the student changed and grew by just listening to himself in the presence of someone who would mm. accept him. And I've definitely experienced that. Mm. I feel like, and I know I've said this on the podcast before, like it's, I have found that I, when I get in conflict situations, I prefer to to keep the argument going for long enough to where I can hear my own comments mm. and cuz I feel like I feel like if it's not even if there's a little bit of conflict I feel like if I can listen to myself talk for long enough I'll start to realize that okay that that was a bad point that's a bad argument and I am wrong in these parts here you know these sure. points here and I I should concede that and eventually I'll usually get back around to a place of humility if I can if there's enough listening even if there might be some conflict you know yeah yeah so yeah yeah well, that's good yeah so um kind of the next point on, on my list here is basically what we're talking about that uh, until a person in conflict feels safe understood and respected on an emotional level then any logical communication will be ineffective at best and alienating or escalating at worst yeah um and and stephen covey says Unless there are good feelings between people, reasoning intelligently is almost impossible, which is kind of yeah. that, that story that, that you talked about. Um, yeah, it's interesting. And I mean, he kind of makes the the point that um, we mostly make just, uh, we we mostly base things off of emotions to some extent. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I mean. It's the, the way the way I see it is first and foremost it's about emotions, right? Yeah. Are we being threatened? Right. Um, yeah. And and then and then secondarily is well, you know, is this the right thing? Is this the logical thing? Uh, I would say based on like personality preferences, um, some people prefer to never get to the logical side of things, which in my opinion is an area for growth and improvement, which we all have. I mean, we all have areas for growth and improvement, and that is a particular one. Yeah, it's true. Well, I can certainly relate to this. Yeah, I mean, 
if you're emotionally feeling if you're feeling a negative emotion like if i you know genuineness or being authentic or whatever is really important to me which is why i feel like i could smell a sales pitch like 10 miles away sure you know and i just ignore them all and and you know i had this i had a friend who well i wouldn't really say it was, it was more of an it was an acquaintance <laughs> Not, i wouldn't say friend but um, but I felt like the only time he ever talked to me was when he was trying to sell me something, you know? Yeah. And, and the one time yeah. he like started having a, a more engaging conversation one morning and I, and I, and I like, in my mind, I was like, where's this going? Exactly. I was like, all right, well, I'm guessing here's the sales pitch. <laughs> and then, yeah, sure enough. And uh-huh. like three minutes in, he was like, so I got this credit card offer, you know, and, and, if, and if you join, uh, you get this bonus cash. I you also should, get a little bit of bonus cash. You should have said, nope, brick wall. <laughs> I didn't say it. Walked away, said, but I, but I felt it because I like, felt like TMI. Yeah. What other hackney nineties phrases? TMI. Talk to the hand. Wait, did I already say that one? That was the first one. Yeah, I remember like talk to the elbow because the hand ain't listening or something like that. Um, yeah, I don't know, but, but can, yeah, like in my mind, the thing that I would think to myself is like, man, if you don't care about me, like I don't care about anything you're saying. That's right. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. I do not. Yeah, I, I know a guy um, like that where where I live. And that's well, how I feel about most salespeople. And, and, like, you don't care here's about the thing. me. Like. Some of my actual friends I feel this way about too. And I've, yeah. you know, as an adult, I've learned the importance of, you know, being a little smarter about my boundaries and not just being a true blue friend through and through, regardless of what they do and how they treat me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thankfully, I've never been invited to one of these like um, – um, multi-level marketing oh, parties. I was. I went whatever, to one but, last year. Oh man, it, I would be it, it, super tempted to like sneak a, out the back door. It's such and a cult, leave, and you know? and pe- people's just, friendliness to you is completely well, for the most part, not completely, but is primarily premised on their own self gain. Yeah, and it's it's yeah. not too hard to see that. Yeah, um, I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> what what you're saying? <laughs> what were you saying about how you know? Logic does have a place, right? Yeah. Even though some people don't get to it. That reminded me of that uh, uh, Jack Handy quote about <laughs> oh, math impressions. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you pulled it up. I had these uh, these deep thoughts about Jack Handy books, uh, and I like I found them in my somewhere in my dresser the other day and pulled them out. And Bryce and uh, some of us have been kind of reading through them. Yeah, it's something like the effect of. Right, I got it. I got it. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> Oh, hang on. My phone is being slow. Yeah, deep thoughts are great. And so valuable for life. I think so. Okay, instead of having answers on a math test, they should just call them impressions. And if you got a different impression, so what? Can't we all be brothers? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so again... It's like kind of abstract. Yeah, I mean, again... Emotional validation and understanding is is priority number one, right? But but sometimes we also need to get the right answers. Yeah, you know, true. Yeah. I experienced I experienced some of these things we're talking about in a meeting recently, where we were the topic of the meeting was about one thing, but somebody mm-hmm. came into the meeting with strong feelings about something totally unrelated to the mm-hmm. topic we were supposed to discuss, mm-hmm. and 
And at some point, I kind of moved the meeting along. I was directing the meeting, and I was kind of like, okay, well, we need to focus on this topic, you know? Yeah. And everybody else kind of moved on, but that person did not. Like, <laughs> they were they were totally stuck there. It was not resolved. And, yeah, it wasn't resolved. Yeah, exactly. And it still isn't resolved. Right. And it's something that I still need to somehow right. figure out how to deal with. Right. And, and until it is resolved, that is going to be the only yeah. issue on that person's mind. Yeah, not exactly. Nothing else. I know. Yeah. 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 So, I don't yeah. know. It was a little eye-opening reading through the stuff and thinking through yeah. that and being like, oh, yeah, well... You have to address the emotional side. You yeah. have to. Yeah. Like, it's the only way to get to the logic. Right, right. So, um, yeah. You know, and I think this is why we can't, I mean, even though I said it's, well, like, we don't negotiate with terrorists, right? It's kind of a, a national policy. Again, this is more complicated when we're talking about <laughs> groups of people. But, you know, I think part of that is that, uh, you know, they're, they're so motivated by an agenda. Um, you know, and, and a feeling of disempowerment. I, I read some study about how, you know, the, the biggest creator of terrorism is, um, is uh, what's the word? Um, being occupied, an occupation. Um, you know, so feeling that, that something has been stolen from you, you know, land yeah. or, or, you know, political <clears throat> representation or something. Um, you know, that, that something has been usurped from you. And, yeah. Right. I guess it depends on what the price would be. Usually, I would think they might ask for a bunch of money or something, but then they would just keep fighting you. But yeah. I don't know. Did yeah. you ever watch uh, Firefly? No, um, but, it, but it got rave reviews. Or it got... Yeah. Well, I think it got rave reviews. I know I, it has yeah. a huge cult following. It did. But it not got, an MLM cult following. That's right. No, it got canceled This is one that's, that's motivated. It's looking for a win-win, not for a win-lose <laughs> like, like exactly. MLMs are. <laughs> but there's this one episode where the captain of this ship, it's like a starship, right? He um, He's negotiating with this guy who came after him to kill him. He was like an mm. assassin. And he's negotiating <laughs> him at the end because he was sent by some boss. And he gives him a certain amount of money. He's like, look, take this money. Go and tell your boss you couldn't find me. And we'll just pretend this never happened. And the guy had a really bad negotiation tactic. He said, I will hunt you till I die. And the last thing you see will be my blade or something like that. And um, and so he kicks that guy into the turban and chops him all up. Then the next guy, he, the next guy who's like the next underling, he tells that guy, okay, take this money, take it to your boss. And that guy <laughs> says, I got it, I got it, I'll do it. <laughs> you know, like if you're, if you're negotiating, if your negotiation is like, too, if you're asking too high a price, you know, it's like, um, you know, where's the other person have to lose? Yeah. And I'm sure that has an emotional analog here to what we're talking about. But yeah, somehow. It's mostly a sidebar. Oh, well, because I was talking about terrorism. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, just terrorism. that, like, you know, there's there's something deeply psychological behind certain certain kinds of conflicts. Yeah. Um, and, and, and a lot of times in conflict. Now, I heard, I've read, I read this statement by someone that said, when there's when there's a conflict situation that you're involved in, you usually have to meet people more than halfway. Mm. Um, you know, you have to be a person that gives something. You got to yeah. give something. You got to negotiate. That's what negotiation is. And I sometimes do negotiations in my business. You know, where like two people are using a very similar trademark, and I have to ask somebody like, okay, well, would you be okay if we use this, or what if we pay you this licensing fee, mm-hmm. and then we change it this amount and stuff and there's always like a back and forth, yeah. you know, until you somehow find what you agree on. But, yeah. um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Meeting well, someone more than halfway. People in politics like, oh. are especially good at that nowadays. <laughs> Bryce said, 
ironically, <laughs> facetiously. Yeah, well, good people in politics. I mean, this is yeah. the way the Constitution got written. Well, it was a well, whole but, bunch of negotiation. Yes, you know? that's right. And and just remember, for all you listeners who vote, you shouldn't incentivize people being all or nothing non-negotiators, right? People who yeah. won't negotiate, yeah. who won't meet anywhere close to halfway. You yeah. know, that, that's why we get gridlock in Congress. You know, it's people who, who are willing to to engage, you know, um, you know, it, on, yeah, we're really the, to engage. There was this guy. Yeah. That and con- because politicians do that because voters incentivize them to do that. You know, if, yeah. if their obstinance um, was, was not pleasing to voters, they would notice, you know, yeah. and then they wouldn't uh, um, elect them for another term, you know, so, yeah, sure. you know, elected officials respond to incentives. Anyway, I'm on a big tangent here. <laughs> well, okay, but it is, it's related though, because you're talking yeah. about compromise, you know, yeah. this, this comes to, into place when in any kind of conflict situation. Yeah, there was this guy at the Constitutional Convention, Roger Sherman. Uh, mm-hmm. He was a delegate from, I can't remember what state he was from. It was the Constitutional Conven- Convention way back so, in 17, maybe 80. Yeah, something. when they basically came up with the Constitution. Yeah. I mean, they had won the, we had won the Revolutionary right. War, right? But the country wasn't being, uh, it was not working that well because yeah. we didn't have a strong federal yeah, government. Yeah, the Articles states. of Confederation or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And they and were kind of like, Let's sneakily like have this convention and then try to get people to agree to a whole yeah. new constitution. But anyways, Roger Sherman was known as the great compromiser, hmm. you know, um, because he would help people to be like, okay, well, you give up this and you give up that, you know. Yeah. And then, well, what you end up with then is a constitution that's imperfect, but it's a bunch of compromises. Yeah. And otherwise, you may just not have a constitution. Yeah. You may just not have a, a federal government that's strong. Your country yeah. might just fall apart, you know. So, yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, dude, good, uh, good historical. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> reference. Yeah. Sir. Yeah. Well. Anyway. Uh, yeah. But but yeah. Again, until people feel that they're being heard and respected for yeah. their for their honest feelings about something, um, and until you get to that point, you're not going to be able to negotiate with them. You're not going to be able to talk uh, logic with them. Yeah. Exactly. Sure. Love. I mean, you know, you don't think about that too much in conflict situations. Yeah. But, um, love, acceptance, respect. Yeah. Big yeah. Deals. Those are the precursors to effective communication and, and to reaching actual uh, conflict resolution. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. This whole thing about without fear of embarrassment or ridicule oh yeah yeah. so so covey he says unless people feel that they are accepted and that they have a right to express their feelings without fear of embarrassment or ridicule uh until that point all they will do is react um to some sort of injunction or logical argument um all they'll do uh, is react to that um and rebel and struggle for their own identity and individuality yeah yeah Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I like this last part about this uh, sentiment being wisdom. Like uh, That's interesting to me because I, I do think it is my tendency to think that... Um, There's you know, another of the points that Covey makes is that yeah. sentiment often is is real wisdom. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Remember, Paul, they can't read our outline. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, listeners. I just point to my notes and say, well, this is also a good point. Yeah. I assume that you're omniscient. You need to empathize with whatever feelings they're <laughs> feeling at but, the time they hear this. Yeah. I apologize. How can I meet you more than halfway? What can I do? Um, <clears throat> I think I have a tendency sometimes to think, well, logic should rule the day. 
Yeah. Mostly. Most and of the world that, thinks that. Yeah. At least at least at work. Yeah. You know, and that, um, you know, feelings don't matter as much. And That's right. Get your feelings out of the way or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and there's some practicality yeah. to that for sure. Yeah, there is. But... Um, but I like his thought that oftentimes there's there's wisdom in mixed in with the feelings. Yeah, and, e- even uh, if they're not particularly coherently expressed, right? Yeah, the, the sure. fact that those feelings are there and they're strong enough to be like persistent means yeah. there's something important there. Yeah, I think um, you know to go back to your uh, talking about politics. You know, mm-hmm. I think we've I think we all can relate to. Uh, People who can word and express things really well, mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily make good decisions. Sure. You know, or they're not necessarily good politicians or good sure. leaders. Right. But they're really smooth talking. Right. You know, and they can express or things Or lawyers. Great. Yeah, or lawyers in general. <laughs> yeah, lawyers as a class. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, go on. I had a friend who would tell people, because people, he was a lawyer, and he, people would always want to tell him their lawyer jokes, and he would say, okay, but if I've already heard it, you have to give me 20 bucks. <laughs> 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 that's, that's a very interesting business model. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it is. I actually do like Larry jokes, and I don't mind if people make fun of them. Yeah, Larry. well, they don't. Most but, of them probably don't apply to you that much. No, they don't. You're a lawyer with soul. Yeah, and I'm and I'm kind of my business model is a little bit different. And, yeah. So I don't do a lot of things that other lawyers do. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think also he talked about this as well about an example of a leader in some situation having this interaction with some youth uh, that they were kind of rebelling against some rule. And he was like, well, well that's the rule and you got to follow it. And he got kind of all heated and charged and yep. kind of felt but like... Uh, at least in the story, what he was actually feeling it was his own position and authority being yeah, fear. challenged. Yeah, he was feeling fear. And that's not what he yeah. was expressing. He was expressing it's, here that's the rules. That's true. Anyway, go on. Yeah, and then later he had this introspection to think, oh, interesting, well... um, in my interactions with other people, it's important for me to, because um, he, then he had he had he kind of resolved that situation by sitting down with some of the, some of the youth and kind of listening a lot, yeah, and just having honest conversation. And then what seemed like happened is the youth kind of resolved the situation themselves, yeah. and we're like, well, look, we know I know I'm wrong here, and yeah. you know, but well, and they also revealed that they're, you know, based on what they were expressing, like. The issue wasn't what it initially was, what it appeared to be, wasn't it? So um, I'm speaking very generally. I, need I think to that one. The story. Anyway, okay. go on. Yeah, but anyways, um, but then he, but then he went further and thought to himself that that leader said later that he thought to himself, you know, how often am I keeping being mindful of my feelings, even that aren't aren't involving other people necessarily, or it not not like not necessarily directly related to some communication I'm having with some other person right now in the moment but some feeling that i'm feeling and am i self-aware of my feelings and how i should be dealing with my feelings and addressing them and yeah at least honestly um acknowledging to myself like i'm feeling this right now yeah and uh i don't know it, it felt to me like a a wise thought about being just being self-aware being aware of our feelings and yeah. i mean you know psychologists will tell you this like if we don't just burying feelings in general or not acknowledging them is unhealthy. Yeah. Know? And acknowledging them is, you know, yeah, even if it's just right. acknowledging them to ourselves, it's right. a start, you know. Right. Yeah. They don't always involve yeah, people and, directly. You know, know, once you're aware of, of things, you can do something about it. Yeah. You know, uh, I think a lot of conflict that arises is avoidable. It's preventable. If yeah. people are, you know, are aware of, of their feelings in the moment or they're aware of, 
you know, patterns of, you know, hey, in these kinds of situations, they tend to really stress me out. And then that yeah. I tend to react in this negative way, you know, or when I get home from work or whatever, I'll tend to take it out on this or that person. And, you know, once you're aware of that, you can you can do something about it so you can avoid conflict in the first place. Yeah. Um, so another thing I want to say about conflict is just, again, because of this idea that it's pretty much, you know, when, when people's safety and and feeling of well-being and and uh respect and individuality when that is being threatened that you know in the moment everything everything is seen through each person's own lens uh, yeah. uh, emotional lens um sure. which may or may not be an accurate reflection of reality yeah, um uh, for sure um but 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 it is it is how they are perceiving things right um, this is why, you know, some people in recollecting an argument might say, yeah, if it hasn't been resolved yet, you know, they might, their, their recollection might be kind of distorted, you know, like, you know, you said this or that, um, when maybe objectively that's not the truth, but that's certainly how it felt to them in the moment yeah. or, or emotionally that's, that's their memory of this. Um, <laughs> that reminds me, <laughs> not that related, but <laughs> No, I'm not. It was a Simpsons reference. Oh, well, it needs about to be said. Homer's probably. photographic memory. Oh, no. Well, that's it. <laughs> she, she's making some uh, some argument that so Springfield got a casino and and uh, and and late after it had been built, Marge made some comment about it, some negative comment about it, and Mar- Homer's like, "Well, what what?" what you know what, what? What do you mean by this, Marge? Like you, as I recall, you were in favor of this casino, and she says, "No, I was against it." And he says, "Strike three, Marge. I have a photographic memory." And then it cuts back to his memory of that situation, and he's really like buff and sitting there, and like there's like a person with a fish head, and and Marge has like two heads, and there's like there's like a baby smoking a cigar. Okay. <laughs> So, not really related, but just well, goes to no, show well, that, that that our own uh, psychological state, um, you know, our own biases can can color uh, our perception of reality. And uh, yeah, there are, I know there have been some studies on how our memories can change over time, even literally, like yeah. you know. But but I mean, you know, if you know from what I've listened to, they don't. It's not like they're are like, we still recording. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, like it's not like our memories like change hugely, you know, and yeah, and memories that are super important to us are like uh, stored more securely, like in multiple places in our brains and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, like, brain storage is kind of weird, but right. And things tied to more emotion. But, well, yes, you know? the the more significant it yeah. was. The, the, which is why I often but, think, well, the more the more emotion that's tied to it, the more yeah. your brain, like when your sorry, I, I mean, the, the, our our emotions. One of their functions in our brain is to tell us what's significant and what's not. Yeah, exactly. Go on. And when your brain is sorting through, like what does yeah. what gets stored in long term memory, and yeah. you know what comes out in short term memory, you know some of the things really are short term memory. Like sometimes when I go back and read through my journal, and I'll mm-hmm. read through something, I'll be like, oh yeah, I remember. I guess mm-hmm. I remember that happening, but um. Yeah, like if like if a tiger jumps out at you, like the prior example, like you're gonna remember that it's gonna be stored in a bunch of places because mm. it's gonna be very emotional experience, yeah. you know. But sometimes this makes me. Sometimes I wonder if this is why uh, women tend to remember specific words and arguments yes. better than men. Yes, because it's more of an emo- strongly emotional for them and, than it is for the men. And more significant. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Um. Yeah. 
had some other funny reference, but oh man, me now. Dang it! Uh, oh well. <laughs> but I like that Homer Simpson. Uh, it's uh, a great clip. <laughs> but yeah, but you have to see it. I can't just tell it. <laughs> sure. You have to see it. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. Well. Yeah. What else? You got anything else? Well. Yeah. Basically, like. You know when when. Well, no, I don't have anything besides this, but I was just going to give my final thoughts, which is, okay. um, I mean, I don't know if we're at that time. We're probably at that yeah, time. Yeah, um, yeah, which is basically, you know, and you're, when you're in a situation that is, you know, has some heightened um, conflict, you know, or might be a little tense, um, you can make things worse by just, you know, becoming entrenched in your point of view and and just fighting back with facts as you see them. You know, you can try that, but it's probably going to be just make things worse. Um, yeah. Uh, or, or you can, you know, try to, to listen. Now, ide- well, try to listen to not correct them, to not uh, challenge their point of view, but to just let them tell it and, and to be accepting that, oh, okay, this, this is your genuine experience. Yeah. Um, which takes a lot of humility and it definitely takes practice too. Yeah. Um, and if it's not met by the other person doing it, well, let's put it this way. It can only make things better than the alternative, <laughs> you know, to take that approach. Now, ideally, the other person is going to do the same. And that's where yeah. you can actually come to something, a good outcome. They often do. You know, when yeah, you they reciprocate, do. they yeah. often reciprocate. I mean, you and I have had that, you know, yeah, each absolutely. time we've had an argument. Yeah. Which haven't been that many, but yeah. um, it is true. Like, and there's there's an example in the book too, where the that that leader who was having a problem with a group of youth being rebellious mm-hmm. and stuff, and when he sat down with one of them and, and he started by apologizing, he's like, "Look, I'm yeah. sorry, I got mad. I was being, and it was an emotional reaction." And the kid was like, "If anything, I should be the one apologizing," you know. And, yeah. and it was like they both, you know, um, yeah, you know, this kind of was reminding me too. Um, this is another thought that, um, you know, um. There was some psychological study back in the day where they thought that when you would, um, they were, I think they were specifically talking about like political stuff, but when you would give, when you would counter somebody's belief with facts, that they would become more entrenched in yes. their own belief. But yeah. they actually found that's more nuanced, that what happens is the person is actually willing to give up that fact. They just don't give up the underlying belief right then because yeah. it's kind of like our facts come cheaply you know we can yeah. find a million of them online or whatever which right. to me uh speaks to the fact that we're we're all making these decisions more emotionally than logically yeah, that's right you know? <laughs> yeah it's not based on fact we're necessarily like, yeah whatever well but but again it like, might be based on our sentiment which may i mean it, it may be garbage but it may actually be like you're onto something you know that you have the strong feeling about yeah that. or we garbage just, is too strong it there might not. <laughs> there may be some important element of of wisdom to what you're feeling. It, it yeah. might not be exactly what what you're saying it is at the time. Anyway, I mean, yeah, there might you. be. Anyways, I, I I know in my own experience, like things that I've felt strongly about that I've that I've over time changed my opinion about. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, my you know our it, it, to me it seems like our paradigms shift very slowly. You know sometimes yeah. and. Um, you know, sometimes with enough facts over time, I can yeah. be like, okay, you know, this seems yeah. like evidence points in this yeah. direction. And I would say that it, our paradigms, when they do shift, <laughs> I would say it's probably 80% the person's own, uh, 
you know, effort to learn and study it Absolutely. out and think it out. Th- yeah. And maybe at most 20% of other people's influence. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Yeah. It's, um, you know, which is why all these fights on social media are totally fruitless and stupid. They are. Yeah. Whereas uh, open conversations that are open and accepting yeah. maybe would actually be effective. Yeah. It's certainly more effective. Yeah. So, yeah, well, okay. Yeah. That's all, that's all I have to say. But Me too. Interesting stuff. I, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, I guess, listeners, next time uh, um, next time we will have some guests on. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we promised that last time. <laughs> this time we double but pinky promise. If you feel emotions about that, let us know, and then we'll try to listen to you. Yeah, we'll listen to you. We'll nod our heads and say yes, and then we'll do whatever we want. <laughs> and we'll remember it the same way Homer Simpson remembered it. That's right. Differently. Well, I remember that you said this. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Okay, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Take care. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app and give us a rating. Thank you.